welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. So unless you've been on Mars, you probably have noticed that the Oprah Winfrey Show has come to an end. Uh, just this week that we're recording, there have been uh, the, not only the final show, but a big primetime uh, broadcast celebrating the Oprah Winfrey Show. And I need to say, uh, before I say anything else, that I, I think that Oprah Winfrey is a, is a, a woman to be admired. Uh, born poor in Mississippi, she rose uh, through a series of uh, jobs at various television and radio networks, Nashville, Baltimore, etc., uh, to be arguably the the most uh, visible, best known, and perhaps influential woman in the world. Uh, this has to be celebrated. Even if she, you know, I hate to say this, but you know, even if she was a stripper, even if she, you know, owned Playboy Enterprises, the fact that a person uh, becomes successful apart from what they're successful at. Um, I think it's something that we can celebrate and be and, and say, good job, congratulations for you. Um, and there's a great deal that the Oprah Winfrey Show did in its decades on the air uh, that was good. Um, they aired uh, issues of sexual abuse. They aired uh, issues of, of tr- things that troubled women, attitudes about women, attitudes about heavy women, attitudes about every kind of women, uh, attitudes about race and women. All of those things, I, I think, I think were valuable to our society. Now, at the same time, the show absolutely trafficked in the sordid and the perverse in a way that tainted American society. Um, but I, I can let that go for the moment and just say congratulations to Oprah Winfrey for all these uh, decades of, of doing good in the world. Um, plus, I have an African-American sister-in-law who would probably kill me uh, if I don't say something nice about, about Oprah. But I've written a book recently called Where Has Oprah Taken Us? The Religious Influence of the World's Most Famous Woman. And obviously, it's about the religious influence of Oprah Winfrey. Because despite everything else that we can laud and celebrate in the life of Oprah Winfrey, a black woman risen to prominence and success, uh, the fact of the matter is that when it comes to the religious influence of her show, uh, she has brought some of the most extreme some of the most odd and unusual, uh, some of the most destructive, I believe, theologies of a kind of a mystical, occult, New Age nature um, to the national, to national attention and to influence um, in, in a way that I think is, is uh, going to leave a, a lasting damage in our society. And so while I can celebrate Oprah Winfrey for all the other things that I've mentioned, when it comes to her religious influence upon our culture, uh, I think she's done unbelievable damage. Now, let me just track this for you a little bit. And let me say, by the way, as I do that, that obviously this book is coming out. We're recording this the last day of May 2011. Um, It'll be be up on our site soon. And then the book comes out around the first week of September of 2011. And so you'll be hearing more about this. And we also are going to have a special page on on the website, mansfieldgroup.com. And so we'll be engaging in this discussion, uh, not only on our site, but of course in the press over the next months. But let me track this just a little bit for you uh, regarding Oprah. Oprah was born uh, a Baptist to a poor African-American family in Mississippi. She, uh, she then, later in her life, uh, went to live in Detroit, and through a series of circumstances we don't have to get into now, uh, came to live in Nashville, uh, and she lived with uh, the man she believed at that time to be her father, a man who lives here now and with whom I've spent a good deal of time. Um, this man, whose name is Vernon, 
uh, is a very strong believer, a very strong black Baptist. Uh, that's, that's a specific denomination for those of you unfamiliar with the names of Christian denominations. And uh, very conservative, very, relig- very religious, very devoted to Jesus Christ, uh, very devoted to his, uh, the black expression of worship in his church. And Oprah wasn't required to comply with that. And I think those years, I think that Oprah's years of living not with her mother, uh, whose name was Vernita, but her father, whose name was Vernon, uh, or at least the man she thought was her father, um, was were unbelievably transforming for her. He required discipline. He required extra studies. He required morality. And he required her presence in the African-American church that he attended. Now, the church is where Oprah first began to rise. And so she owes the church, uh, I mean, uh, the, broadly speaking, the, the, the black expression of Christianity that she was involved in. She owes that church a great debt of gratitude because that's where she first began to speak and perform and earn awards and have her gifts recognized. Now, so, so basically, until Oprah was in her mid-20s, uh, she was uh, simply a, a conservative Christian, uh, you might call her an evangelical, who attended African-American churches in Nashville and then in Baltimore um, and would have been a pretty much standard all-American Christian black woman. But uh, she went through a difficult and a disorienting time in Baltimore when she was uh, uh, the co-anchor of a news program there. She failed at it. She ended up doing cut-ins on early morning television talk shows. Uh, she was humiliated. And during this disorienting time, she attended an African Methodist Episcopal Church in Baltimore. And she heard a sermon that became the turning point in her life, not for the reason you might expect, not because her response was positive, but because her response was negative. The pastor preached about God being a jealous God. Now, this is a theme that's repeated constantly throughout the Old Testament, and it does not mean that God is jealous like I might be jealous of another man, you know, flirting with my wife, or I might be jealous of, you know, some guy messing with my girlfriend or something. You know, it's not, it's not that kind of jealousy that we, that we think of. The, the jealousy in the Hebrew of these verses that are sprinkled throughout the Old Testament is a, an eagerness that comes from love. It's a desire to preserve and protect. I, it would be, for example, if I'm jealous for my wife, Beverly, that she not be damaged, that she not be drawn off in deception, that she not be hurt in any way, that she be kept from all other gods, all other men, um, and that she be only mine and only belong to the true God, so to speak. You, you get the sense. It's not a jealousy as in I'm mad that somebody else gets her. It's, a, it's an eagerness to protect and keep only unto myself. And that's what God is speaking of in the Old Testament. Well, Oprah heard this sermon and, and, and just completely uh, flipped out negatively in response to it. Uh, she later wrote that, you know, why would God be jealous of me? See, she, she misunderstood it. Why, why would God be jealous of me? Meaning Oprah Winfrey, um, the God who flung the stars into the sky, why would he be jealous of me? And she said, I decided there must be another version of truth. I decided to, right then and there, she said, to seek my spiritual self, my own spirituality. Well, she did. But as she was rebuilding her life, part of what she did was she got very much involved in the spiritual side of the, of the self-help movement. We're all familiar with the self-help books and the self-help mysticism, you know, that every day and every way I'm getting better and better. If you can believe it and conceive it, you can achieve it. You know, chanting your mantras and looking at pictures on the refrigerator, uh, you know, it stuck to your refrigerator magnets and, 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 and just imaging, so to speak, the success, chanting the success, using spiritual power to bring success, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, this became the religion of Oprah Winfrey. 
And so for the next year, she got very much caught up in the spirituality of the success movement, which then blended in with the new age movement that was coming out of the 60s. Now, what was the new age movement? The new age movement was, the new age movement was basically Hinduism uh, brought into kind of a, some American success mentality. Uh, the idea of karma, the idea that reality is thin and we can create our own, our own reality. The culmination of all of this, of course, was the book The Secret, which was basically the idea that thoughts become things. Thoughts become things. And so if you will align your thoughts in the right way, your thoughts will actually take physical form outside of your body and create new reality for you. When Oprah Winfrey got the the, uh, DVD series for The Secret that accompanied the book The Secret, she said she trembled because she was literally opening God in the box. Well, All of this, of course, came to play when Oprah became famous and decided at one point in her life, and you can read about it in the upcoming book, the details of it, um, decided to bring this alternative spirituality to her show. And uh, she began to bring some of the most unusual spiritual teachers um, that that you can imagine, Gary Zukav, Marianne Williamson, Eckhart Tolle, Deepak Chopra, um, many of these people almost all of whom are Hindus in their theology, almost all of whom believe we create our own reality, almost all of whom teach us essentially not Christianity, not Judaism, not Buddhism, not Islam, but a completely alternative Americanized version of Hinduism. And yet this is happening on afternoon television to women sitting in their living rooms or ironing or, or cooking, preparing the dinner for the evening or, or perhaps watching it on their DVDs, DVRs, um, you know, after they finish their, their jobs. And, um, and all of this to say that it's being presented in sort of an innocuous fashion, but of course it's really a spiritual revolution. And I, I, I'm looking forward to this debate and discussion over the coming months, but one of the things that really, uh, uh, really gives me a passion about this idea is, that, is, is the level of guilt it tends to lay upon people. Literally on Oprah, certain episodes of The Oprah Winfrey Show, the poor, the lame, the sick were told, uh, even women who had been sexually assaulted, they were told that, that their thoughts, that somehow in their souls they created this negative reality they had experienced. Now, if I got up as a pastor, I used to be a pastor, if I got up and had gotten up as a pastor and told people who were in wheelchairs that it was their own fault they didn't have enough faith, people would have landed on me like a ton of bricks, and rightly so, by the way. And yet, because of Oprah Winfrey's fame, completely destructive theologies and philosophies have been proclaimed on her show, and people have hardly, hardly blinked. The reason that I'm bringing this book out now that she's completed her show uh, is that she now is going to turn her attention to the OWN network, the Oprah Winfrey network. It's not doing real well in the ratings. She's going to really try to bolster it. And I think she's going to do it, bringing in, in, in part, she's going to try to do it by bringing in some of these alternative teachers. She already has Marianne Williamson on there. Uh, Deepak Chopra is already appearing on there. And I think we're going to see some very alternative theologies begin to uh, be sprinkled through the OWN schedule. And I think we need to have a grand debate. I think we need to talk about what these ideas mean. And as I do in the book, hold them up against traditional faith and say, is this the kind of thing that really is advancing us or is it damaging us as a people? So watch for the book, Where Has Oprah Taken Us? The Spiritual the Religious Influence of the World's Most Famous Woman. And watch for the page that's coming on this site, mansfieldgroup.com, because we're going to dive into this even more. Thank you.